Terence Crawford rose to the occasion, stopping Sean Porter in the 10th round to retain his welterweight world title and indeed send his rival into retirement. This is After the Bell, Miller Fighting's boxing show with me, Martin Dolman, with Barry Jones and with Declan Taylor. But Declan Taylor, I must add, who's looking refreshed after a trip north of the border, told you it would do the world of good. It always does. Scotland is where you need the, the air and it's just different up there, isn't it? It's different. It's different, we're bred different, all the cliches. Barry, always looking radiant. Last night, the first eight rounds or so, fairly uh, even, at least on the cards. Crawford then took over in the ninth, stopped Porter in the tenth, dropping him twice. But let's focus on those eight rounds. An intriguing, just over half of a fight. Yeah, well, it's, it's never going to be an easy fight with Sean Porter. And, you know, and I'm not saying it's never going to be an easy fight. It's always a fight that... You know, if you're not at your very, very, very best, he's going to beat you because he's that good. He is really that good. He's just been unfortunate for his career that he's come up against a real quality crop of welterweights. I think you know if it would have been a few years before, he's the, he's the premier fighter in, in his weight in his weight class, but it's just been unfortunate for him. And uh, and he was good again on Saturday night. Didn't he? He didn't do much wrong. I, I was talking off 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 air about. How the way he was getting his foot in position, but the movements he was making to counteract the southpaw's jab, and it was just, just sublimely beautiful to watch. The problem is he's boxing Terence Crawford, so it wasn't always working for him. But he did the right things, but didn't get the right results. But he pushed him, and he upped the pace. But for me, what I found really impressive with Crawford is he wouldn't let Porter fight at that flat old pace, which he likes to do. Now you tend to think. But Porter hasn't boxed at that flat out pace for eight, six, seven, eight rounds. So now he'll have loads in the tank to push on. But it works in reverse because him him fighting at a relentless pace is his tempo. That's how he's relaxed. That's how he can work his best at a high tempo. When you, when you slow a guy like that down and make him think or make him miss, then the tiredness sets in quicker than it would if he was throwing millions of punches per round. It's a, and Crawford does that by putting that front foot right on you. So you think you can attack him, but he leans back on that back foot and Crawford punches. Everything's long with Crawford. That's what's impressive with Crawford. Every punch he throws, even hooks and uppercuts, they're all long. I've never, I can't remember seeing a fighter use his reach so well, so consistently well, as Terence Crawford does every time he fights. He never shortens his punches. Never lets gives you a chance to hit him back when he's throwing because he got crazy long arms for his size and he uses it all the time. He never throws a short punch. All his hooks are real long. They chop down with him. His jab is always fully extended. He, he never throws a short punch. And that means it's really hard for you to close the gap. Declan, what impressed you? Or, or did the fight go the way that you, you expected it to go? Um, I think... I think, yeah, I, I mentioned before that it wasn't one that had really like got the juices flowing like it had for a lot of people. Like I, I know it had to you, Barry. And I sort of, what I enjoyed it far more than I thought I would. It was more that I, I, the intrigue for me wasn't there. I thought I thought it was going to be a 7 out of 10 Porter and Crawford would just be too good for him. In the end, it's sort of like that, but that's not really the story of the fight. Um, I think Crawford... It was in Southpaw a lot more often than I thought he would in that fight. I thought it would be a little bit more moving between the two. Um, and I heard afterwards that Porter expected him to be Southpaw for basically the whole fight and they've prepared for it. And I think that's 
what you're alluding to there, Barry, they really did prepare for it and nailed it and got some stuff, really worked, got some really good stuff off. But I think what I really like from Crawford, we know he's one of the nastiest guys out there. And you don't often get that with people such brilliant boxers. They're not, they don't always have that nasty streak. And him, I think, he, what's that like? I think he's got something like all but one of his last 18 wins have been knockouts now. And like usually... That happens at the start of someone's career. And then when they start stepping up, certainly when they start world title fights constantly, go up in weight, that just like slows and, and dips off a bit. It's been the opposite for him. He's, he's as nasty as ever. I don't know if you've seen that clip where at the end of the, or at the, just before the start of the 10th, he's sort of asking, am I up or am I down? And they're like, oh, you're, you're down. And he's like, what? Like sort of gets up there. Like he's, they're saying I'm down, gets up. He's like, I'm not having that goes out and does that in the 10th. That was what most impressed me, that he, he just had that extra gear. And it was a similar thing you, you, we, when we were talking about Canelo and Kovalev. At no point was I watching that fight, although it was close. I had it 6-3 at the time, but no, I wouldn't have been that any complaints with 5-4. Even there were some people who had Porter sort of ahead or, you know, it was very close. At no point did I think he's going to lose this fight. Um, I thought he had that extra gear in him. And, I mean, the, the punch, the, the first knockdown was just sublime. Like, Porter squared up, he'd be, like, so annoyed with himself watching it back, but the way that he stepped back and delivered the shot, and like Barry said, even the bolos are really long and lengthy. It was the same, remember when he knocked out Benavidez, it was that same, like, lengthy bent-arm shot, which you don't often see, and it's just, it's the nastiness and it's the extra gear that he's got in him that I think makes him real special. And that's not to mention his unbelievable IQ, it's like pure boxing skill in both stances. It's just that extra little bit of of spice. And I just love that. It's what it's all about. And for me, that's what it's all about. It's what you why you admire these guys so much. Well, it, it's like an old it's like an as I go back to the eighties always, because I'm older than you guys, and, and it, it was a it was a golden era, but you no, know, Wilfred Benitez and Sugar and yeah. two beautiful boxers who were just nasty. You know, they, they, I mean, like Leonard outside the ring was the golden boy and the lovely guy and the beautiful smile. But inside the ring, he was horrible, but beautiful to watch. And Benitez was the same. He could make you miss, like stand there with his, his hands in his pockets, make you miss. But as soon as he had a chance, he would just batter you and hurt you and want to hurt you. And and, and he's from that he's from that same mould, Crawford. He just you know he got everything in his. That's that's the thing. And everyone will admit he can do everything. And that's what people are having their pound for number one because he actually there's not nothing he can do. He yeah. ties you up. He ties you up like a veteran from the fifties. The way he tied like you get in close to him straight away. His arms come underneath. He's he got those big long octopus arms and he's tying you up here and he got one arm here and he's not holding, but you can work. And, he, and then and then you make wait for that. And he, again, the, the uppercuts the uppercuts were superb. Like they, they really were. They were calling them body shots on the commentary. But they weren't. But they were going. They were. But they weren't body shots. He was timing Porter coming down, and he was catching him coming down with them. They were beautiful. They were just fantastic things. He almost sees what's going to happen before it happens. And and even though because Porter is such a fantastic fighter, he makes every round competitive. And he and I can see why you would give him some rounds. Yeah. And maybe you wouldn't others because he, he'll push it to the wire. But I just thought that I had a similar to you because the dollar quality yeah. work really was coming from was coming from Terence Crawford and he never looked panicked. That's another thing, a sign of a great yeah. fighter. He never panicked, even in rounds when there's, even when they get caught with a good shot, even when in rounds, things aren't working for them in little pockets. They never panic. They just know that, like 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 Canelo, they know that 
they all they can do is step going to the next gear, try something else, do a little move here with the foot, or throw a certain punch that they haven't thrown all night, and that changes the tempo or changes the pattern of the fight. And and he's he's one of those great fighters who could do that. I I enjoyed it. I was I stayed up for it, and I very rarely stay up for fight style because I'm I'm an old man. But I literally had to stay up for that because I was I because I, people were going on about all these other great fights to watch and. You know, when that Chris Mannix was on about the best fight ever you know, in the world today is Andre versus Charlo, which is a good fight. But not not a scratch on this fight that we've seen since Saturday night. It wasn't, listen, it wasn't a, an edgy-a-seat bandstormer, but for me, it had everything. Because it was a high-paced, two quality operators at the highest level, still in their peak. You know, you know Crawford's re- Paul is retired now, but he's still good enough to beat most fighters in the battleweight division, to be honest. And... And yeah, I think we had, we've, seen a bit of, we've seen a little bit of everything and a great finish and a nasty finish. And yeah, and I think now we sort of know, for me, who, who's clearly now the number one in the welterweight division. It's funny though, isn't it? Because if you were to name, if you were to ask people to name the top 10 punchers pound for pound in the world, top five, certainly, no one would put Crawford. You don't think of him as a puncher, do you? you but he's, you the way he finishes, the way he finishes is ridiculous and that, uh, his fights don't go the distance because when he gets any little sniff, he is on you. However, it might be he's not a big puncher. It's it's just it's just such it's such a sort. It's clearly bred in him from you know from where he's from, what he's come from, and everything else. But I tell you what, Barry, you said there's he can't there's nothing he can't do. There is one thing he can't do, and that's get a proper career defining fight because even though it was Sean Porter and it was a proper like it's a you know top tier welterweight. It's still like if you look at his resume, there's still a stick to beat him with in many people's eyes. For me, like I'm the same as you. I've always fancied him over Errol Spence. I think he's a number one welterweight. Um, I think he's had a far more successful career than him. Obviously, that's three three weights he's got ch- titles in, but he still can't get that one. He still can't get that that big big one. I think it's coming though. Yeah. I think it's coming. I'm sure Martin, you got a question about that up in the holster. Oh, yeah. In in a moment. For sure, but let's let's just rewind a little bit. So he was uh, Porter down twice in the tenth. I'm going to deal with the stoppage in two parts. Oh, yeah. First of all, the the fact that his dad stopped the fight, and then what his dad said afterwards, because I think that I think you can you can, I I think you can say compassionate stoppage. He knows his son. Fine, leave it at that. To then go on and say he didn't prepare properly seemed a bit strange. But for the stoppage, any disagreements that with that. Could you have let him go on? Would it have simply been a case of, you know, another thirty seconds, and it would have been a worse stoppage? Yeah, oh, yeah. I think, like, he could have let it go on, and maybe another trainer. But I don't think anyone in the world is better placed to make that call than his dad. Not just his dad, but like, forget that it's his dad. The fact that he's been his coach as as a professional, he'd been with him in a in like the USA setup for however long as a, just a boxing coach, he knows him more than anything. I think he could just sense what was happening. That frustrating import of, you know, when he's banging the, the canvas on the second knockdown, he's just gone, well, he's lost it. Like he's probably lost it. He's going to get, he's going to get ironed out. What's the point? That's probably what he thought. Um, I didn't really have any complaints with it. Cause I thought, right, he's got him now. He's got him now. But in this age of, of like examining stoppages, yeah, maybe he could have gone on a bit longer, but. I don't, he wouldn't have turned the tide. And it's sort of dependent on how you want to sort of 
how you want to assess a stoppage, but I don't think he would have turned the tide. Could he have hung in there? Was he defenceless and taking un, like shots? And no, that that wasn't the situation. But I think it's I think it was a fair enough stoppage. I I sort of I, I agree. I you know he, it was only getting worse for him anyway, and, yeah. and it was only going to get worse for him. And and. And it was, yeah, and he looked like he was done. He the, the he didn't see the shot that put him down. That's that's what done him. He just knew. Oh, what happened there? Like, oh, and he's and and I can understand that. But if I'm if I'm Sean Porter, I said, I've been stopped. I've had my dad throw the towel in for me as it goes, and uh, not as compassionate as 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 Porter's dad. Because my dad left it a four more rounds before I got picked up. But it, my dad's not a nice man. But anyway, but it's um, I would have been I wouldn't have been happy. Because I and I know that because I've been down six times in a fight, I wouldn't have been happy if I would have been, but he was okay with it, Sean Porter. So he knew, and that's fair enough. You see, we, I keep saying, I've said before, we all have a limit, and we and you reach that limit, and it can be a different in different fights, but once you're there, you're there. So theoretically, we all give up, to be honest, we all give up at some point, but whether you're called a quitter or not, it's, it depends on how, how that looks in the perception of other people. But we all sort of quit in many ways. It's horrible to say, but it's true. You find your limits. It's how you do it sometimes. And But I wouldn't have been happy. I would have wanted to, because if I could get up and he looked like he was okay, you want to carry on. You do. You, you do you, just to fight it. When you, because you don't think about your, your, the aftercare of your career or your life, you're, you're immersed in the moment of trying to you know, achieve your, your ambition to be what you are, the essence of who you are. I'm a fighter, I'm a boxer, whatever you are. You're in it. And you want to win, and while you're on your feet, you always got a chance. There's always things like that. We're eternal dreamers, fighters. There's always a way to win. There was no way to win for him. That's the truth of it. So, you know, from an outside looking in, it, it was it was a it was a perfect stoppage. I felt, but you know, mm-hmm. and he would have got hurt. But I would, I think he would. No, he, normally he would have rather been hurt, and I would have. I agree with the stoppage. Am I making any sense here? Yeah, you are. I think you are. You know, but I think as well, you've got to look at the whole context of it. Like, and I don't know if you've seen the presser clip. And anyone who's sort of thinking, yeah, it was he's he's just chucked it in because this is dad, and it is he should have let it carry on. Go and watch the post-fight presser with Sean and Kenny Porter, and, and Kenny explains why he's done it, and he talks about. I want to go and see. I want to be able to see him playing with his kids, and my grandchildren want to go and do that. And then you start thinking, okay, right, yeah, that, like it sort of makes sense, but like by the letter of the law of the book and stuff, like you say there, Barry, that, that he was he was still in there with Chai. He was still swinging. He wasn't like, he wasn't like Terry Harper, you know, but all things considered. And then also, then you've got to look at the post fight when he's then gone, by the way, yeah, I'm retiring. I was going to retire, whatever happened in this fight. His old man's probably thinking about that as well. He's not saying, you know, he's not thinking, he's thinking, what's the point here? This could be the last punch he ever takes. What if it does serious damage? I might as well get him out now. And he knows that. And he, he says, he, whether he knew it or not, they had the conversation, which they didn't, apparently. He was clearly sensing it. And he'd already said if it was a draw, he didn't sign the contract saying he'd have a rematch and all that sort of stuff. So all of that swirling around, he's probably thinking, I know how good Terence Crawford is. I'm talking about Kenny here. He knows how good Terence Crawford is. He knows how nasty he is. There might come a point in the fight where... There's no point letting the finish come. Let's just get him out of there as soon as he can. This is this is son, and I I think fair enough. And I think the, the fight it was up, it was up. The game was up, and it was just one one big shot sort of early for some people. I also think it's very important that Porter has nothing to prove as well. Exactly. You know, it's not as if like he's been 
I, I, I don't want to keep going back to myself, but it's easy to do that because I never really had to show my toughness ever in my, until my last fight. So, you know, it was nice to, it was nice. It was nice to sort of go out and show it a bit of a bottle, maybe, I guess. Porter has done that many times before. So we knew what he's all about. So there's nothing to prove then. He didn't have to go, listen, the short, no, he's tough. Let's keep him going like he, for his pride because his pride has been proven many times before. So I, I, I do understand it. But I just think mm. from a, if you're in there, while you can get up, you still want to be, be given an opportunity to have a go. But yeah. So why does Kenny Porter then in the ring afterwards say he wasn't oh. prepared? He didn't train properly. Yeah, I hate, Even if that's I true, really why is that? that? I thought that was really sore. Like the guy is just given everything again. And you can just sense, again, I don't know them personally, but you could just sense the unbelievable respect that Sean has for his dad as a result of these years and years that they've been training together. Like he looked, and that's why there was no complaint because he, he hasn't got it in him to complain to his dad, to the, the sort of, you know, demigod that is his dad in that, in that situation. He's just given everything for him. And then he's just sort of thrown him under the bus there. And it's just felt, felt a bit, you want to do that behind closed doors. Like, if that's what he felt like, fine. But in the rip, maybe the emotion got the better of him. I didn't like it. So I thought it was really, like, I thought it was a tough watch. Uh, I didn't like it at all. But that, it, it's sort of, we're on the outside of that little relationship, which has been a fascinating relationship to watch over the years. But that was not, I didn't, I didn't like it myself. It's been a beautiful relationship. It's been fantastic. But that, that was pure ego-driven. That mm. was, you know, Trainers are fantastic, but they all think they make the fighter. They all think they make they, they might make the fighter better, but a lot of trainers and more now than ever before, or more public, think they make they mold that fighter and he wouldn't be the same without them, which is ninety nine point nine percent rubbish because the the trainer's only as good as his fighter anyway. That's the truth. If the fighter's rubbish, he can't fight. If he's good, he can fight, and you can help him be better. But he'll be a good fighter whoever he's with, pretty much. He might not be the better version, but he'd be just as good, maybe, or, or, or maybe better or even worse, but he'd still be a good fighter. And so that is, you know, he had his son from day dot and he's, and he's helped him and he's found him and who he is. And you can, you give all, like my father was, in, was one of my main trainers throughout my, my life. So I give him all the credit, everything. And he does the same with his dad. But that was ego driven. That was sort of to say, we would have beat him if he would have listened to me. That's what he's trying mm. to say. If he would have listened to me and done what I told him to do, we would have beat Helen Crawford. And he would no, he wouldn't listen to me. It's his fault. And that might be true, mine. But yeah, that's I the point. That, be, that might be true. What happened? But he wouldn't have beat John. He wouldn't have beat Helen Crawford. That's that's the real truth of it. But yeah, I think that I think it was just ego driven, and I think the adrenaline of, of fight time because their relationship's been fantastic, and the fact that he got no. That's his son. He's got. He be, be. I think he'd be gutted. He says that, and if he doesn't, then he needs to have a long look at himself in the mirror because that's. Um, it's not your career. I mean, it's his career as a trainer, but that's your son's career. That's not yours. No, you're ultimately you're living off your son's achievements, which is fine. Why? Why not? No, but like ultimately, that's it. No one knows who you are. If I don't care if you train the amateur Olympic team or or whatever you've done. But if you're if you don't if your son is not Sean Porter and done what he's done, no one knows who you are, mate. That's just that's just the bare truth of it. Listen, David Hay didn't is not David Hay. No one knows who Adam Booth is, and and we go on. I mean, go on forever and ever about fighters and trainers, and that's all that. But that's all it is. That's ego driven, and it wasn't very nice to see. And the, the thing is, with Porter, like you like you say, there he's there's never been a moment in his career where he hasn't given everything, whether that's in or out of the ring. Yeah. 
And to be honest, his dad has probably never been happy, happy with him. And again, he's, he explained that but he's always hard on him because he's it's his son and he, what, he needs him to be able to defend himself as much as possible. He's the dad who is facilitating this. So you can sort of get it, but I just think, I don't know if it was heat at the moment or whatever, and it just must have just been crushing for a guy who's already just lost and been stopped for the first time in his career in his last fight. To then have his old man saying that, like on the screens and that, it just, no, it was not, I didn't, it was not good. So Sean Porter retires, Terence Crawford now a free agent. Yes. Again, two two parts to this question. Well, okay, first of all, surely that means now that the Earl Spence fight is more makeable now than ever before. But A, does it happen? And B, what are your thoughts about it now, given that Errol Spence had the car crash, came back, had the torn retina? Is it still that career-defining fight for, for Terence Crawford? For both, I think. It has to be. You know, like, I think you're quite fortunate to have two outstanding fighters. You know, they certainly are at the same time. And, and they, you know, they, they've missed each other. Obviously, because the weight difference, now they've missed each other for a long time in the same weight. But yeah, I think it, I think it can happen. I think you no, know, I think he has to go to Showtime to be honest, and he has to go on pay per view, and I think he'll do great numbers. But yeah, I think it's a makeable fight. I think it's more makeable than ever before. I, I always say Crawford's the better fighter, but Spence is number one in, in the division because he proved himself at that weight class. But now I would have to say that Crawford is not only the better fighter pound for pound, but also the better fighter. Do I hate pound for pound this? <laughs> but also the better fighter in the division as well. Now you have to make him number one because he just did a better job on Porter than than, than Spence did. I think that's you know, there's a there's a benchmark there. There's a marker there for us to to, to work him off. And also with what's happened with Spence in activities and you know, medical issues, then you tend to think, you know, Crawford goes in fearless and you know focused, and Spence goes in with fear. And about maybe about his health, maybe about things, maybe about you know, I'm not I'm not the same fight that I was. All those questions will be asked to yourself going into the biggest fight of your career. They might you know you might answer them quite comfortable, or you might you might be doubting your mind. But I know with Crawford, there be no doubt in his mind. Whoever he fights, I think there's a kid there who genuinely believes he's a street kid. He's still the street kid. You can see it yeah. in him. Like like you tend to think when you have fame and success and money, and and, and you know that. That the way you grew up, it empties out to you. But living in, living in a different environment from where you grew up, so you go back home. I do. I have. I go, you go back home. You go. Oof, did I live here? Like, this is rough because you've been softened. He hasn't. You can see it in him. He's the same person. Like he couldn't walk. If I if I walk past if I walk past tennis golf and all, and I stared him out, he would he would he wouldn't. And he he'd look at me and go, "Who's that old man?" He'd stop and go, "Who are you looking at?" You could see it in him, can't you? He couldn't have it. You know, nothing will pass him by. And that's the street in him. But they haven't left him. So he goes in fearless. He doesn't care. He's, he's almost like he's fighting like a man who has nothing. That's what he fights like, like a man who has nothing. Yeah, his attitude is like he hasn't got a penny to his name. I've got nothing to lose. I don't care. This habit. I don't think Spence has that same attitude anymore. And that, that's why I think Crawford will do a, will do a bit, might do a job on him. I, I don't think, for instance, like... I don't think Mikey Garcia does 12 rounds of Terence Crawford. I just don't think that that would happen. Oh. And I think that... What I do think... One, in answer to the first question, at first when I heard him talking about the free agent and the fact that Spence was there because he rarely goes to Crawford's fight, I thought, OK, this is great, it's done. But then 
when you start thinking about it, you start thinking about the splits and they both already think they're the A side and they get all that crap that we got with Mayweather Pacquiao and just that bit of ego sometimes gets in the way. And it's whether they can go like Joshua and Fury did, it's 50-50. We're happy with that. It's going to be a, a huge amount of money. It's clearly the most money we can make anywhere in boxing. Let's just do it. Whether we think I'm worth 60-40 or whatever, just do 50-50 and take it. I'm just worried that that might... Even though there's no now no top rank involved or whatever, I'm just still worried about that. But what I do think we will get, I think we'll get nip and tuck fight, and I think we'll get two, maybe three of them. Like I think it's one of them. Even though I'm with you, Barry, and I always have said that I prefer Crawford. I'd like his skill set more. I think he's more. He's a better finisher. He's there's just something about him. But Spence has always had that size. Um, but then he's had these problems and stuff. But I do still think it's a nip and tuck fight. I don't think Crawford goes in there and wipes him out or outboxes him over 12 hours. I think it's close and I think we'll get one or two because I think there'll be a clamour for a rematch after a close-ish first one and then who knows what happens. That's what I think we'll get if we get it. Um, I mean, it's it's still outside of heavyweights, it's the, it's the fight, isn't it? And it's the one that we've been clamouring for and again, like you say, Martin, maybe the shine's come off it a bit but I think the shine's come off it a bit because we've just been talking about it for too long and like, it just gets boring, doesn't it? It's like Khan Brook, it just gets boring, boring, boring. But I still think in terms of boxers at their peak and like a fight that they require, not just require, like they crave it, the boxing craves it, the division craves it, the, this generation craves it because this is the Mayweather Pacquiao of now, isn't it? Like we need it still, we need it still. And I don't think once they get in a press conference together, I don't think anyone will remember that we've had all this crap leading up to him, like, like leading up to this point. This is like legacy. Like I hate it with legacy, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it is though. But this is a, all this legacy crap that people say. Is like, forget about that. This is a genuine legacy. This is this is Leonard Hearns type stuff. This is this really is not quite yeah. that because they box younger and fresher. But it still is. It's that sort of fight. Though they're both in their thirties, we almost forget about that. But they, you know, but it's it's still that fight right now. If it, if it can happen in the next sort of eighteen months, it's still there, and it's still it's still a huge fight. And yeah, and I think the shine's back on it now because I think that yeah. that performance there within boxing, I you know you still got to sell it to the wider audience, but within boxing, that performance and that fight uh, Saturday night, you know, made you want to see him and Spence. The fact that Spence was there as well was was a fantastic little touch, because and then get a believing like yeah. watching this, that's just great, isn't it? It's great stuff. And they they, they might not be the great the, the best talkers, but they they're both like. They'll be polarised in in in, that, in in personalities. I think that that has sort of clashed quite well. And yeah, I think it's it's a great fight. It's a, it's a fantastic fight. A fight that when it happens, we should all be out there, definitely. You know, doing a Ma- doing Martin will pay the Bell Miller podcast. <laughs> It'd be fantastic. You can get rid of my picture on the and, and, with Spence and Crawford. It's true. It's true though, and it's like it's one of those when you really think about it. It's not often you get two guys from the same division that are like right there up together in the top pound of the pound for pound list, whether you like it or not. Like we had it with Ward Kovalev and it looked like that wouldn't happen. And then we got it eventually made with a Pacquiao. They, they really just, they don't come around that often. And like, it's still there. And I, you know, the Andrade Charlo shout, I know it's become a, like a parody and I don't like, I don't even know what he's getting at there. I know it works for Dizone or whatever, but like, this it's is the fight, fight in boxing. Fight, isn't it? It's a good fight. Yeah. It's, it's a good fight, but it's like, I still think, I mean, for us, like, because we're invested in it, like Fury and Joshua and Usyk and that sort of stuff, like, that's big. But this one, like you say, there's a history there. These are two guys you could drop them in any era, really, 
as welterweights, both of them. You can even say this about Crawford now, and they would hold their own. You like they're in it with a shout in all the fantasy fights that you want to you want to dream up. So they have to face each other. But but then I do what I would say, and I do like Josh Taylor. He it's, it would be a good consolation prize. And I think it's, he deserves a massive shout out because he's gone out there that week and he's just made himself present. It doesn't happen that much anymore. He's there. He's in the gym, shaking Crawford's hand in fight week, towering over him, to be honest. Yeah, he's there yeah. at ringside. And it's like, that's what I want to see. I love that. I love that about, uh, about Josh Taylor. And if he gets it, he deserves it. But now he's with top rank and Crawford's not with top rank anymore. So like, <laughs> so now that one falls out of bed probably. It really is those two fights, though, isn't it, for Terms Crawford? It's hard yeah. to, to imagine another one. Exactly. Yeah, I'll just say, I loved, like, I just, I love Josh Taylor. I mean, I'm actually like, you know, if it was, if it was him or my missus stood on the edge of a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those, isn't it? So I, I, I actually loved the kid. Like, so, you know, so to see him box Crawford would be fantastic. Whoever wins, it don't matter because, like. They're the fights that you dream of as a kid, you know, more than that. They're, they're, they're fights that you just think, oh, imagine being involved in one of these fights, you know, a real, like, earth-stopping moment type fight. And that's what it would be, like, for us, for, for raw boxing fans. It's that, that sort of fight. And because Josh Taylor's never in a bad fight, because he's incredibly tough, like, he has a lot of similar, he has, doesn't have the same style or maybe doesn't have the same skill set as Crawford. But he has that innate toughness that Crawford has. He has that real nasty attitude that Crawford has. And that makes that fight probably easier to sell. Actually, it'd probably be a bigger seller than you know, than, than the other one because they, they would do their, their build up to that fight would be fantastic and nastily horrible, which would be great, great to sell it. But yeah, but but still we I still right now I want to see Crawford Spence because that fight's been dragging on for yeah. a long time. It it gives you a, a rubber stamp on the number one. And then and then you got you got the guy moving up again from from you know, to become a two weight world champion from Scotland. My cousin, of course. Taylor, of course. I feel like if it doesn't happen, if if Crawford Spence doesn't happen now, now then it probably won't happen. Or if it does happen, it's a bit of a Pacquiao. It happens in three years, and it's like, well, oh well, like it was a shame. Like, okay, we got it eventually, but like now's the time. I think everyone senses it. I think Crawford Spence yeah. senses it, and I think Spence senses it. But there's no Spencer reason to have another fight in between. Sorry, sorry, Martin. There's no reason to have another fight no. in between. No, there's no, there's no, there should be What's no the point? Spence is fit and healthy, hopefully now. You know, Crawford's you know, cemented himself now with, with a with a, a real genuine, you know, I know Amir Khan was a big name, but a genuine world-class welterweight and he's demolished him, well, stopped him. So, yeah, there's no there's no barriers between that. And also, he's not with ESPN anymore. He's not with top rank, I should say. So, there should be no barriers now. So, if, yeah, you're right. If it doesn't happen now, then, yeah, they've missed the boat and, 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 they, and they just shouldn't move on then because in three years, four years' time, that's a fight I don't want to see. In three or four years' time, Crawford's knocking on the door at 40, by the way. So who wants to watch him fight anyone at that age? Well, Spence has said he will, well, he's back in the gym. He said he'd be ready by March. If you're him, do you just take this fight if you can get it rather than risking a fight? I mean, who, listen, I don't know what his condition of his eye is like, but I'm guessing it's not a great injury to have as a boxer. There's always the chance, whoever he fights, that something happens and then this fight does go away. Does he just take that fight now? I think so. I just think the fact that he's had a warmer fight now since since the accident. Plus, he's had the accident and now he's had the eye injury. You know, you're tempting fate, I feel, if you don't take that fight now. Because that's 
he's earned good money, but this would be different money altogether. This is this is different level money. So, and also it's the fight that you that you dream of. Is it okay? I go back to you know, being you know, to turn professional. So it's the fight he needs that will that will that will put him up in in the in the conversation of the best of, of the the best welterweight of all time. He's not the best, of course, never going to be, but one of one of the top you know, one of the top tier ones. And and this is the fight that they both need for that. So you know, again, the generational fights, and that's it. So I would take you know. And who else is he going to fight? Yeah. And and and, and like I said, if there is a, a problem with the eye, then you know you have you know you either pack it in, or or, or you don't. What do you want to risk your boxing against somebody who's not that good, and it goes again, and then you've missed out. I just don't see the point in that. If he don't, if he, if 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 he doesn't take the fight, he doesn't want the fight. Exactly. That's, yeah. That's the truth. That's that. You can't say anything about it. He he's. We've all seen the videos, haven't we? We know he doesn't necessarily live the life, Errol Spence, and he's had that tangle with death in the car crash. He's had this injury. He's been, you know, boxing his whole life, and he's got he's got children. I don't know how many he's got, but I get the impression, totally as assumption, really, that maybe he might be thinking, right, I don't need this for much longer. I don't need to be trained all the time. So when that is the case, I'm think he must be looking at it and going, I'm going to make unbelievable money for this. And like you say, Barry, he wins the fight and he will fancy himself to win the fight. If he does, that's him cemented. No questions about him anymore. No more, you know, he, he never boxed anyone or whatever. He beats Terence Crawford, he makes a load of money, legacy sealed. So I think I think he wants it. I think I think he wants it. And yet, like you say, if a fight doesn't happen, it's because he doesn't want it. Well, let's hope this is the last time we ever discuss this fight without it actually <laughs> being made because it must be running into double figures by now. Next weekend, Teofimo Lopez finally takes on George Cambosis in a fight that seems to have been in the making for a long, long time. That's in double and figures we'll be, as well. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and then after that, we'll be talking about him and Devin Haney. Another fight that may or may not ever happen. But thank you for joining us this week. Until next week, do take care.